All right, all right, all right. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Circuit Clouds podcast, the official podcast of United League Baseball, fine purveyors of fake baseball since 1951. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was 2003, bro. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's all it's all fake. So what what does it really matter what year it was? All right, all right, all right. So so I am uh, Lance Mueller. General Manager of Chicago Colts, here with our commissioner, Timothy Smith. The commissioner, yes. Yes, the commissioner himself, and Glenn Reed, current manager of Boston. Boston. All right, Kamish, what are we covering tonight? So we are going to wrap up our season preview, uh, our looks at the uh, division races. So last time we took a look at the East and tonight we're going to look at the West division. And again, we'll do a count up from seven to one and then we'll do a little uh, postseason prognostication and figure out, we'll make our wildcard picks and uh, make some prediction on who we think will make it to the world series and who will win the world series. And then just for fun at the end, we're going to take some uh, – we'll do kind of a lightning round and uh, on uh, who we think are going to be the award winners So for the four major awards. So uh, without anything further ado, we'll get started with our West Division picks. And again, our format will be what we did last time. We will go around the table and uh, we'll start with the seventh place in the West. We'll each uh, say who we had at that spot and then we'll figure out um, – which team to talk about based on the, what, are, what the consensus pick is. So, Glenn, why don't we start with you this time. Uh, who will finish seventh in the West? Well, so, basically, I, I did a ratings analysis of all the teams, and the spread in the West is huge. And, and there's a clear worst team in the West, and that is Atlanta. Okay, Lance. Uh, I actually have uh, Denver finishing in seventh place. Ouch. Ouch. Those fighting words, Jeff. Ouch. Okay, we need to restart the episode. Uh, just kidding. I had <laughs> I had Atlanta last. So let's talk about Atlanta. Uh, Lance, why don't you go first? Tell us, first of all, tell us, <laughs> tell us where you had Atlanta. I had Atlanta finishing in sixth, sixth place. All right, so at least the bottom two. Okay. So... Let's talk a bit about Atlanta. So let's look at their uh, – I'm pulling up the preview uh, – season preview edition of the Circuit Clouts print edition um, and for Atlanta. So this is a team that finished fifth last year, 71-85, and 85, so 14 games under 500. Uh, third worst pitching team, fourth best offensive team. Lance, why don't you get us started with your assessment of the Hilltoppers? Pretty basic – assessment here i think atlanta again it's uh like decent looking pitching staff starting rotation but nobody really stands out in my mind so and i also think they play in a very hitter friendly ballpark and don't know if this is the best pitching staff for that ballpark if i was playing in that ballpark i think i'd try to get my hands on some more ground ball pitchers um you know Bullpen is fine. And then you're looking at your offense, which, you know, I mean, Dave Parker, scary, scary with Butch Hobson behind him. But honestly, feel like in, I don't know, feel like maybe Hobson may have overperformed in 76. So his ability, yeah, absolutely. His ability to repeat that uh, this year is uh, a real question mark. Um, you know, feel like the defense is, is average. And, um, you know, not necessarily the deepest bench as well. So I think, like, a, a lot of really good parts, but I don't think the really good parts necessarily add up to a really good team. Okay, uh, Glenn. So by my analysis, Atlanta actually has a top half starting rotation. I mean, Reed is old, but he's still really good. And a lot of the other guys are 19 or 20 or 19 or 20 rated. So, I mean, so again, by my count, he has the six best ro- starting rotation, but his bullpen is poor. His outfield is poor. His infield is poor. So, but I didn't maybe actually factor in Bump Wills. So maybe he gets some extra credit there. But, um, I mean, again, I like 
a lot of things about this team. Again, I love the rotation, but I feel like, you know, your best player is Reed, who's old. You're trying to rebuild around Parker. But if you look at the guys that are around Parker, they're not great. I mean, dude, when you're when you're starting first baseman is a punchline about, you know, send a car to get Perk. Kurt Bavacqua because he can't hit water if he falls out of a boat and like you're gonna rely on that guy to do you know to do damage I, I don't know I mean it's really hard to get excited about the lineup you know as good as Parker is and as good as Wills will probably be right yeah I I generally agree with that um I, I don't know if I agree that their rotation is is above average I mean maybe by the ratings that might be true but there's the ratings and then there's the actual performance, right? And sometimes the performance uh, in the game, there's some vagaries in there that it, that where there's some probably some systemic divergences from the ratings. I know that's well, obviously well, probably... Actually, I, can, I, can yeah. I mention something here? Okay so, yeah. So, yeah. okay, so not only did I do, maybe we should have covered this systematically for every team, but maybe mm-hmm. I'll try and add it going forward. Their up-the-middle defense is the worst in the league. Mm, yeah, yeah, so, that makes sense. So you have a five at catcher, a five at short, an eight at second, and a seven in center. So that 25, nobody is as low as 25. Right, right. And he's got uh, Manny Trio at second base. Uh, and then, but he, no, he no, starts no, start, starting Bump, bump, bump Wills, right. Yeah, yeah, but that, yeah. that's the one guy I was looking at was uh, was how this changed. So, so who did Bump Wills replace last year? It was Manny Trio. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, again, not much of a, uh, I don't think Bernie Carbo was a huge loss. I think that guy, he's a good hitter, but, um, that's not a, a, a big loss, but the guys coming in again, if Bruce Kyson is, is your only change to your, uh, yeah. to your pitching staff, which is the third worst, uh, you know, that's, uh, I think they've got a ways to go. Definitely some pieces to build around, but, um, the other teams at the bottom of this division, uh, are looking to improve quite a bit this year. And I think that leaves Atlanta, um, you know, by standing still by definition is, is they they end up dropping a couple spots. That is an excellent point. Everyone around them made major moves and major improvement. So they have to go down. Right. So, yeah. And again, by my, by my rating score, they are the lowest rated team in the league by 15 points. Okay, so uh, let's move on. Number six in the West. I will. I'll start this one. I went with uh, Seattle at number six. So, uh, Lance, we already know you picked Atlanta at number six. So, Glenn, who was your pick for six in the West? It, it breaks my heart to say it because I really like a lot of things about this team, but I have Seattle six too. Okay. Yeah, I had to. I went back. Um, I'll go ahead and start on this. I, I actually had them a lot higher. Uh, but then I just started looking at some of the other teams. And again, it's it, a lot much like Atlanta. It's not that Seattle's really getting any, that much worse. It's just that uh, there's so much improvement. Um, and we'll get to that as we move up the rankings. But I think uh, it, this is a team last year that re- looked like they really turned the corner. They finished uh, that, you know, moving from Dallas into Seattle. Maybe that was the, the impetus they needed to get over the hump. But um, after multiple years, kind of under 500, they shot up to uh, second place. They were in the playoff hunt for uh, most of the season. Um, third in hitting, sixth in pitching. Uh, they did lose a couple of good starters in Dick Tidrow and especially uh, reliever Reggie Cleveland, but they did pick up a couple outfielders, Joe Rudy and Bake McBride. So, um, well, Lance, first of all, we didn't hear from you. Where did you have Seattle? I have Seattle... I right, let's see here. I got them all the way up in fourth, actually. All right. Okay. Why don't you start then? Because that's uh, quite a divert. You know, with two of us picking them sixth, and then you have them fourth. So, tell us what you like about Seattle. So they picked second last. They finished second last year. So you have them dropping relatively, uh, but obviously not as not as far as 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 Glenn and I do. So, talk to me about Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I, honestly. You know, now that I'm starting to look at my analysis, not exactly. Sure. Why? I think, you know, I think they have, uh, again, it's one of those things where I think it's a solid pitching rotation in general, no identifiable superstars at all. Um, and I think they have a fairly decent bullpen, although, you know, again, uh, could be wrong about that. I find the sort of lineups, 
intriguing. That's the thing. Uh, it could be a, a sentimental bozo thing, but uh, I, you know, uh, I just love Rod Carew. I think following him up with Chambliss, you know, Ayala, even Bob Boone. I think a lot of you know, I, I, maybe I favor um, <clears throat> guys who are capable of hitting, you know, of being line drive batters, maybe more than other managers. Um, I just think they have a pretty solid lineup. Um, and are they look pretty strong on defense like maybe not the greatest defense but super super solid uh up the middle um well let me take i'm going to take issue with uh, a couple of things that you just mentioned so uh well first of all one thing i agree with you is uh Carew, Chambliss, two three hitters pro- arguably uh Maybe if if not stats wise or if not ratings wise, I should say, if you just look at their stats the last couple of years, Carew Chambliss is probably one of the top two or three. If you're looking at two uh, in, in the league in terms of like two or three hitters, what I don't like about the lineup is uh, I'm looking at Bake McBride leading off um, with a 322 on base. Uh, his on base was under 300 a couple of years ago, so. You're talking about a guy who's obviously he's got uh, good speed, um, but not a very high a guy's not going to get on base a lot. And then the guy that was a big red flag who I circled when I was doing looking at this team was uh, Benny Ayala in the four slot. I arguably might be the the weakest four hitter in the entire league. Um, so obviously, I mean that could be changed by just shifting some guys around. But and 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 Aurelio Lopez to me struck me as. Uh, Another speaking as a guy who I think I, I, I drafted him. I had this guy on Denver. Um, uh, again, that's definitely a, a, a below average guy. And again, the defense, yeah, yeah, I guess it kind of looks good. It's seven, seven. Um, like Daryl Thomas is a ten in center. Um, uh, but I think anymore, there's more and more teams that are stacking their uh, middle infields and they're and you know up the middle with eights and nines. So I think like a you know a seven eight seven nine up the middle is I would say that's almost league average now that there's so many good uh, good defenses uh, that you know having sevens and eights doesn't necessarily put you even in the top half. So Glenn, your thoughts on Seattle? Well, again, so dude, so can we just go back to the conversation from like a few days ago um, when we said why are we playing fake baseball? So one of the reasons that you play fake baseball is to make like the team of your dreams or to like check out your theories. This guy's theory is clearly that strikeouts and power pitching matter. Like his bullpen to me is amazing because you know, it's like 10, nine, eight stuff, Griffin, little Twitchell. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's living the dream and then maybe the starters aren't, all dominant strikeout guys, but you have J.R. Richard, Montefusco, the count is a six, Simpsons is six, Candyman's a six, only Randy Jones is in that kind of 388-488 zone. So this dude has a theory and he's playing it out. And so if you're gonna just blow people away with K's, maybe your defense doesn't matter that much. So I don't actually downgrade him mm-hmm. too much for the defense. I actually say, bro, more power to you. What I'm struggling with is kind of to your point it's like the guys that you do actually have in your lineup if you don't need defense then you should be able to come up with guys who can mash even if they're going to suck defensively which you don't care because you're going to lead the league in k's right so to me the lineup leaves a lot to be desired maybe so yeah and to, and to be fair i'm looking at his bench and i see a couple guys on his bench that i think are maybe we might even see in the starting lineup sooner rather than uh, bobby bobby bonds for example um obviously he was pretty horrible in detroit the last few years but um he's got the seven home run power um some decent pop he's only 31 so if, if he gets hot uh you could see bonds maybe contributing he does have joe rudy um, you know, another guy who's hit three, 300 a couple of times. So, um, you know, he has a few other options there. Uh, but I, I, again, I don't see in a division much like Atlanta in a division where uh, so many other teams are, uh, are, are making massive strides forward. I just don't see Seattle. Uh, they're, they're not going to be able to 
to sustain a, a second place finish for a second year in a row. I don't know. I would put one one cautionary note out there is that, uh, you know, we're talking about a team that really hasn't changed all that much from last year. And last year they nearly made the playoffs. So we should just put that out there. Exactly. That, you know, this is not a bad team by by any stretch. Um, and, you know, all it takes is a couple of hitters to maybe I'm totally wrong and Benny Ayala and the guy goes nuts or 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 J.R. Richard returns to his form from a couple of years ago and turns yep. into the staff ace, you know. So he's got some pieces there that if, if the stars align, he can definitely make another run again. But again, overall, um, again, this is a team, I think, uh, where I initially had them a lot higher. And then the more I looked at other teams, they just got I kept, you know, bumping them down with other teams. So let's uh, let's move on to number five. So Lance, if you had Seattle number four, uh, Denver seven, Atlanta six, who was your number five then? Uh, at five, I have St. Louis. St. Louis, very interesting. Glenn, what is your number five? Yeah, I have St. Louis too. My number five here was uh, was actually Denver. I have Denver number five. Um, and then because you two both mentioned St. Louis, I should mention where I put them. And I actually had St. Louis in first place. Um, so we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's a, uh, it's a, quite a, a call. Five, a, five, a five, a five, and a one. That's uh, I think that might be the biggest uh, spread we have. So we'll um, – well, actually, no. We'll, we'll we'll talk about St. Louis now because this is the consensus pick is St. Louis at number five. So, uh, Glenn, why don't you start? Okay, let me let me take a deep breath here. So, uh, I like a lot of things about St. Louis, and I think we talked about them in the off season, or we may have talked about them on a on a podcast. And I think they were huge Pythagorean underperformers last year when they were like ten games under five hundred, right? Like yeah, last year they're ten games yeah. under five hundred, but they were huge Pythagorean underperformers, right? And I think we assessed that maybe the reason for that was that they couldn't really score enough. So you go out and you get Mumphrey and you get Reggie Jackson, and that's instant offense, right? So I think the offense isn't the problem. And by the way, major, major credit here for Daryl Porter, who is the best catcher in the league at 22. So um, I think there's a lot of things to like here about the team. The up-the-middle defense, I have them – Eight nine nine eight. That's pretty good defense. So you've got excellent defense in the pitcher's park. The thing that I'm concerned about, and the reason why I marked them down, is because to to get those trades done, we ship out Nolan Ryan, John Denny, and Necro really is not much of a subtraction. I mean, he's a below league average pitcher. Yeah. But but that's still. I mean, Denny is legit and Nolan Ryan is legit in my estimation, or at least by, cause again, I'm going by ratings based analysis. Right. So, um, so I like the top of the rotation, but then after that, I don't, I'm not sold on these other guys. Right. And so, so I'm not sure if you're going to be able to score enough or suppress enough to, to make that big jump that you foresee. I, I would like to be surprised, and I think I could be pleasantly surprised, but I'm, I just don't quite see it here. Yeah, so let me, let me jump in here and, and say uh, and talk a little bit about why I picked uh, St. Louis number one. Again, they, so they were seventh in offense, fifth in defense. Yeah, as you mentioned, Nolan Ryan, Joe Necro, uh, uh, Denny, I think uh, of, the, of the pitchers they lost, uh, in my mind, John Denny was the most serious because uh, Ryan and Necro, despite, you know, obviously they're big names uh, in, in in real life. And uh, but they they those were not like key guys in, in their staff last year. So I felt like they were uh, somewhat expendable pieces in, our, in, a, in order to get uh, some extra bats in the, in the lineup. Um, and obviously, Reggie Smith was not performing at all. So that was. Uh, uh, that was a, a worthwhile move. I should also note here that I, I've, I'm managing St. Louis in, uh, in in place of Joanna Graham, who's still on leave from the league and, and until uh, for a couple more months here. So the, the reason I picked them number one is, uh, and I, I made some leaps here. I made, I, I really think the, I think Matlick, Matlack and Medich at the top of the rotation, those guys are are solid. Um, Matlack, I think, is a legit Cy Young candidate if if he yeah. uh, um, potentially certainly in the top five. Um, Medich, Medich has had some some really good years. So, but 
in order for them to actually achieve first place or anything close to it, they're going to have to get uh, like Eckersley and Parsons are going to have to be lights out. They're, those guys are going to have to be uh, have you know major improvement, and Jeff Son's going to have to work out in the five slot. So yeah, it was a pretty bold pick to put them up that high. Um, I do think Willie Hernandez uh, will make will have an instant impact in the in the bullpen, but I th- also think they're going to yeah. definitely score more runs than they did last year. They should move up from from seventh to you know, the top five, perhaps, in offense. So, um, Lance, your thoughts on the Maroons? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I think the difficulty with them um, certainly finishing first or even in the top two or three is that rotation. I, I just think after, after Matlack, who definitely is a superstar, um, you know, like I, the, the rest of the rotation is you know, like not that impressive. Certainly Medic, Parsons are decent, but you're, you're you're relying on Eckersley, who is completely unproven as a starting pitcher, and I honestly don't, you know, I don't know that he's going to necessarily be that impressive. And then Jeff's on, and I'm just one of those managers who just isn't on board with the uh, with a three a three stuff. You know, regardless of the eight movement and the eight control, I just don't think the three stuff is going to be good enough to to make him be. Uh, uh, like an above 500 pitcher. And so I think the back end of that rotation is going to get beat up. And um, I just think it's just not going to be enough, even with adding, definitely adding some offense to this lineup by, by getting Reggie Jackson. Um, you know, I, I just don't think it's going to be enough to catapult them uh, sort of into the, the top tier of the Western division. All right. So let's move on to our, uh, Fourth place pick. So we already have Lance. Uh, Lance had Seattle at number four. So Glenn, who did you have at number four in the West? Well, this is extremely. I mean, so dude, like this is super tough call for me. I'm. A, I put Denver fourth, but I, I basically Denver, Chicago, Denver, Chicago. And, okay. And so sorry. All right, and I had I had Chicago at four. So let's talk about. Uh, we can talk about Denver now uh, as the consensus four pick. So let's start with um, Lance. Let's start with you. You had Denver uh, at 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 seventh. So obviously, uh, Glenn and I both have Denver at you know progressing a little bit above. They, I think they were last place last year, weren't they? Are they? Yes, they finished four games behind Chicago. So uh, so Lance, why don't you start on on Denver? Uh, okay, sorry, was not ready for that. Um... Yeah, so Glenn, why don't you tell us uh, why you've got Denver picked at number four? Well, okay, so not only did I have Denver picked number four, I was actually tempted to put them even higher up the table. It's crazy. I mean, so, but I think there's there's very, very strong reasons for that. Okay, so to me, um, you're, you're, let's start um, with the offense, and that's going to be the foundation of the team, right? You, you add Eddie Murray, I think that, it replacing a walk and fuss who wasn't a zero, but I mean, I mean, Murray is streets ahead of that guy. And he, I think helps the entire lineup. Right. So, and then of course the fact that you have that guy essentially under control for the next 15 years or whatever the rest of his career is, is a, is a massive, massive score there. So, so I like that. Um, I like the fact, I mean, I, I, I love the fact that, you got Burleson from Montreal. I mean, that's one of my major hits on Montreal was, you know, you're taking away one of the few actual 10 rated shortstops in the league, um, you know, a 10 glove shortstop and also adding Bourbon, who's never really quite lived up to his stats, but again, or, but I'm a ratings guy and his ratings are absolutely amazing. So, so I love all the additions. Uh, and basically what I think is you're going to outscore everybody. The reason why I didn't put Denver even higher, and even though they have great defense, this is what we should mention here, this is the best defensive team in the league. So you have three tens and an eight up the middle. So um, so you have the best defensive team in the league. And, and, and I also like the pitching staff construction. However, I'm just not sure that it can work or we're going to find out. I guess that's what this year is, right? This year is the test to see can it work in the ballpark you're in. Because you have a lot of 488 guys, and I am on record as saying 488 is 
is the winning formula or 587. I'll take that all day. So the question is, can 488 with your defense work in a park that's probably, I don't know, what does it do? 125% opponent offense, right? Mm-hmm. So that to me is the challenge. So that's where I ended up. Like I just couldn't put you higher, even though I want to say number one offense should win. And I, you know, again, I, I would say all else equal or like in a neutral park, I would have you in the playoffs right now. Yeah. But we're not in a neutral park, I guess. All right, Lance, Lancey, uh, your thoughts on Denver. So I think that, you know, my knock on Denver probably is again, you know, and Glenn's being very positive on the rotation, but I, I, I think you're, you know, I just think that again, the back end of the rotation don't have a lot of uh, don't have a lot of love for them with Fern Roll and even Wilbur Wood, who obviously is an old guy from one of my teams. But I just think, you know, I think he's kind of aging out. And again, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm just not one of these guys that's on board with with a three stuff. So right now he's a three seven seven. I think he's going to get knocked around. Um, I think it's it's a it's a strong rotation. You know, but I don't think it's a necessarily a, a top tier rotation. And again, you know, not blown away certainly by performance wise by the bullpen. I mean, none of these guys to me really looks like uh, just based on past performance. Really looks like a superstar. And again, you know, a lot of guys with five ERAs, six ERAs that are they're in the bullpen right now. And I think that that's gonna gonna come back and bite you. The the offense. Certainly is really intriguing looking, and you add Eddie Murray into that, and it definitely makes it even more intriguing. I, I don't know if it's you know, I don't know if it's enough offense to beat some of the top top tier teams in, in the league, and so I just it's definitely an improvement. I just don't know if it's an improvement beyond what other people have done, and sure. you know, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, so I'll I want to I'll take issue with something that both of you said. I think you both of you are overestimating the rotation. I think the rotation on this team is um, it's loaded with decent prospects. That there are no clear one or two starters. I know Lance, you said like the bottom of the rotation is suspect. For me, that the, the entire rotation is suspect. I've got Bill Bonham. He looks good on paper. Um, I have a bunch of guys who are about 24, 25 years old who could be on the verge of doing something or, um, but again, almost the entire, almost every, I've got like seven or eight starters on this team that I've got rated a more or less equal. And it was like super hard to figure out, okay, who's one, who's five. Like, um, uh, I guess Bonham might be the only one who kind of looks a little bit better than the rest, but, um, so for me, the reason I had them fifth is, yeah, I think the offense has improved. Are they going to be the top scoring offense in the league? No, I think Manhattan's got that locked up. Um, I do think Denver maybe moves into third or fourth in terms of runs scored. Uh, are they going to improve on the pitching? Maybe marginally. I mean, if you look at their runs against the first three years, they went from 6.1 to 5.3 to 5.1. So there's been some marginal improvement. But the focus this year was, um, was again, I, I, I felt like I had enough starting prospects that I was just going to give them a little more time to bake and see, uh, see if some of them emerged as, as legit you know, top-of-the-rotation guys. Uh, and for me, it was, it was about um, uh, getting some uh, right-handed power there in my high stadium, uh, bolstering the defense a bit, and then, uh, then kind of stocking up on, on – guys who I think will be solid relievers. So basically defense, power, bullpen, um, and then see how the pitching does. All right. So with that, let's, uh, shall we move on to number three? Um, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Didn't the, didn't the yeah. few of you had Chicago ranked at four? Uh, I had Chicago at four. Um, no, I have Chicago three. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So Glenn has Chicago at three. Uh, Lance, who do you have at three? I have Los Angeles at three. Los Angeles at three, and I have San Francisco at three. Okay, so let's talk about... Uh, well, Lance, where do you have Chicago? I have Chicago finishing second. All right. You didn't have the chest hair to go one, bro. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Go big or go home. Well, uh, I think the BNN agrees with me. Dude, screw right. BNN. What does he know, dude? Yeah, I don't know him let's from nobody. A... That's right. Yeah. Let's talk about Chicago then, since we've got Chicago at 4-3-2. and two. Uh, And let's start with Lance. So you had Lance. You had Chicago at number two. So that's a pretty serious jump from sixth place to second place. So uh, what do you think is going to make that happen? Well, I mean, I think, uh, well, I mean, I think a lot of things are going to make it happen. One, I think, you know, I feel like it's a, a, if not substantially improved starting rotation, certainly uh, a much better rotation than last year, uh, certainly top to bottom. No one is a, no one is a superstar, but I think you're going to get a tough start one through five out of these guys. So I try to try to load the uh, the rotation in the bullpen with ground ball ball uh, pitchers, and then uh, try to have you know a solid, if not a sparkling defense uh, out there to take that uh, to sort of take care of those ground balls. Um, I think a very uh, a much. I think improved offense as well. Maybe not much improved, but certainly adding Cepeda to the mix gives you uh, an extreme sort of offensive threat that wasn't there uh, previously. Also, again, building an offense for the ballpark. This ballpark, um, extremely pitcher-friendly, but is plus 100 in doubles and triples. And top to bottom in the lineup are guys who, are gonna, who have gap power for, for the most part. And I'm building on the idea of, you know, instead of trying to uh, hit the ball into the bleachers all the time, um, having guys who can knock it into the corner, knock it into the gap, get doubles and triples out of it, and then have somebody follow them up with a nice single and score runs that way. Again, I think offense uh, solid from one to eight, in my opinion, except for maybe Gantner, but also backed up with a very, very solid bench. All right, uh, Glenn. So by my analysis, the four best rotations in the league, three of them are in the West, and that's L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, in that order. So I think Chicago has a very, very strong starting rotation. I do. I love McGannley, obviously. Like, I mean, a 22-rated starter with nine movement. I mean, that is my dream player. So, I mean, so that, you know, you are going to be going up against Fergie Jenkins and Durker. So you need a, a guy who's at that level. And, and if he's not right with there, he's, he's just a hair behind them. So, but all the rest of the rotation is strong too. With the Denny acquisition is good. The Torres acquisition is good. Um, of course, uh, Amos Otis is one of my all-time favorite players, and to have him leave, though, I, there's a downgrade there. So that was one reason why I couldn't uh, – I think I just like, hurt my feelings, so I couldn't put you at the top of the table. Well, don't don't yeah, go off I your love. feelings. Don't use your feelings Dude, to judge. Uh, well, I mean, you know, look, it's fake baseball, bro. Right. Why are we playing again, dude? Okay, so um, – okay. Um, Cepeda, obviously. That, dude, that's huge. Um, I'm curious about – Reggie Smith, and again, I know we just talked about the the drafting of uh, uh, the the great swoop of uh, Jim Norris. Swoop. I suspect Jim Norris. I suspect Jim Norris will be starting shortly. But uh, call me crazy. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. If so, for me, um, yeah, you mentioned McAnally. Like obviously, his his ratings are solid, but stat stat wise, the guy, you know, he hasn't really. Uh, I don't think he's a proven staff ace yet. He's obviously pretty solid. Um, and, you know, Gidry's pretty young, I think. He's obviously got a, a bright future. Denny was an improvement. So I think there was definitely improvement across the board here. But then the question is, right, like how much how much improvement was there, right? And where was the – if you look at the number of players that came in, I mean, Cepeda, Al Oliver, Mike Torres, John Denny, McAnally. So you've got you've – got, uh, two outfielders, a first baseman, several starters, a relief pitcher, like two relief pitchers. So obviously lots of uh, upgrades across the board. And for not, you know, other than Amos Otis, you know, Butler and Hands, um, not really huge, uh, huge uh, holes to fill. So definitely uh, a, a team that's going to improve. Uh, what what I think might hold them back is the uh, bottom of the of the order, um, Obviously, Yount, Cepeda. Well, Cepeda and Oglevy are solid. Yount's another guy who who looks great but hasn't yet produced. So he could be on the verge of a breakout year. 
but again, that's not that's not guaranteed. And then again, the Reggie Smith, Melton, Gantner. I think that six, seven, eight is where the offense starts to break down a little bit. Um, but again, I still had them fourth, which is uh, you know moving up a couple of spots. And certainly, I think of things if they get the kind of pitching performance that Lance is talking about, then you know I think we could see them. Uh, competing for the top three spots. I don't think this team's going to win on McNally being the number one starter. I think the team's going to win on the strength of the guys that come behind him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I, I see Denny and Torres there with ERAs under 3.3. Uh, I don't see any other teams with you know fourth and fifth starters looking that good. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a step up. Uh, Torres was. Uh, He's a he's a pickup as well, right? He's a new Torres and Denny. Yep. So, so three of your five guys are are new in your rotation. Right? Yeah, that is correct. You know, and I think the one other thing that may, again, the thing I think the team has going for, and again, you know, some of these guys are are unproven for sure, but I think there's a lot of depth coming off the bench. I mean, you know, getting Cepeda means that basically Carlos May gets pushed to a like basically a platoon thing. I mean, he's gonna the way I have it set up, he's gonna start every other day with Cepeda, but now you have you have Carlos May and and Gene Kleins and Jim Norris and Rance yeah. Molnix and Gene Alley all coming off the bench. Dude, you know, this Jim Norris, Jim Norris dude is amazing. Look at that guy. It's huge. <laughs> he's the swoop of the draft. He's yeah. a, he's a swoop he's of the good. second round. I won't say he's a swoop of the draft. Yeah. Mike Parrott like, Mike Parrott is the swoop of the draft. Let's just be he's clear. Like, he's like oh, a left. That's right. That's right. Jim Norris, he's like a left-handed Gene Klein. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's a solid guy. But again, building, uh, yeah, building for for gap power, not for home run power. That's like that's why I sometimes I don't necessarily uh, am not necessarily a hundred percent on on Glenn's sort of addition thing because you're if you're adding home run power, that's great, but that's not what I, that's not the math I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, we'll leave fair. it at, we'll leave it at that because uh, that's a whole episode right there. All right, so let's move on. Um, so number two, so Lance had Chicago at number two. Glenn, who do you have at number two? So just as I had a straight knockout between Washington and Manhattan, I have a straight knockout between L.A. and S.F. And mm-hmm. I, I have it so tight, but mm-hmm. I'm going to put S.F. two and put Vase one. Okay, S.F. at number two. I had L.A. at number two. So wait, I had LA at two, Lance had Chicago at two, Glenn had SF at two, but here's the thing, I had SF at three, so I think the consensus is then, that means that both of you guys had LA at one, so we're going to no, have SF. No, 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 I have LA, oh, at, I have LA at three. Wait, 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 Who's, oh, you have SF at one? Yes. All right, let, I'm going to do some quick figuring here to figure out what our consensus is. Then we have SF what? at one, we have SF one two three and we have LA one two three. So well, what is the, our computer friend? The tiebreaker, the computer friend. Preseason predictions: LA eighty seven wins, San Francisco eighty wins. So the BNN has San Francisco fifth in the division and L and LA first. So let's talk about San Francisco then. Um, obviously, last year they won the division. Not only that, they had the best record overall. Um, they, they're. I'm looking at the in and out. It's like literally no, no key contributors left, and not no key contributors came in. You're basically looking at more or less exactly the same team as a year ago. That was first in pitching, ninth in hitting. So, uh, Lance, why don't you go first since you had them uh, pick to win the division? San Francisco. San San Francisco. Uh, honestly, I think I was a sleepy boy when I made this pick. Um, so my, uh, I don't know how deep my analysis is of this team. Um, I can fill and you can react to that. Yeah, please do that. Okay. So dude, I'm, I'm publicly on record with like loving a lot of things about San Francisco's team. Um, and again, I cast it earlier as a knockout between LA and SF. And I think the reason why that's the case is I have them on a ratings basis. Those are the two best outfields in the entire league on an infield basis. I have these as the third and fourth best infields or said differently, the two best infields in the league that don't include Tory or Craig Robinson. Um, the reason why I put SF two and LA one 
almost entirely is down to one thing and it's that or again the big ratings difference between the two because again it's very tight the biggest ratings difference between the two is thurman munson who i remember as being like an 844 a little more contacty more dynamic higher obp guy now maybe he's just been downgraded recently but he only comes out to 732 so even though he's great to Defensively, when your leadoff hitter, you know, sums to 12 and has a sub 300 OBP, that is problematic. And I think margins are going to be super fine here. And I think that alone, you know, crappy-ish leadoff hitter, crappy-ish premium position player, I kind of, I downgraded him for that. Rotation-wise, I mean, their rotation is the second best next to L.A., but I do think L.A. or sorry, San Francisco has one massive advantage. And that, again, that's their bullpen. I've said this before. Foster is the best reliever in the league. So and then they have Hood, who's another guy who's who's uh, quite effective. So so so, yeah, I think SF is really, really good. But I, I see just enough deficiencies or just enough chinks in the armor to uh, to not have them to not have them repeat. OK, Lance. Some thoughts on San Francisco? Uh, I, I guess they're maybe I'm not seeing the same chinks in the armor, and I feel like the the rotation combined with that bullpen, um, combined with sort of middle of the lineup offense, and again, <clears throat> um, you know, solid defense. Uh, around the sort of solid defense out there, and that's not necessarily the greatest everywhere. Um, and again, maybe part of it also is maybe not enough improvement by everybody else to give me a reason not to think that they would win the division again. So I'll jump in here. So I had them third, but um, again, I, I I had St. Louis first kind of on a lark, but I had SF and LA clearly um, make sense as as the two, uh, you know, two teams battling it out. I just for San Francisco um, again, there's uh, there wasn't a lot of, of movement there in the off season. Headland, McLaughlin are pretty solid three fours. Uh, obviously, Jenkins and Moose are pretty dominant, but so are Durker and Peterson. So you know, you match these guys up against. Uh, LA, th- these teams are pretty similar. Um, Glenn already noted, like Munson, uh, quite a significant downgrade on his offense. I would take issue with the, I don't think they're a great defense. You've got Belanger at a seven at shortstop, which I think is might even be below average now at shortstop in the league wide. So yeah, so, so that's the, the the larger point is like I think you know age might be catching up with some of these players. Um, they were ninth in offense and they didn't really do much to improve that this year. So again, how how much uh, to me this team's a little bit like Cleveland uh, in the sense that uh, you know their 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 rotation alone is going to put them in the top half. I think they'll definitely be in there uh, at the end. And when you when you get into a short series with Jenkins and Moose. Uh, at the top of the rotation. I mean, I think it's going to be fascinating if it comes down to L.A. and San Francisco, which I think uh, that seems to be what um, our, our overall consensus is. So shall we move on to L.A.? So let's start with uh, – so Lance, you had L.A. third. Let's have you talk about them, and then we'll, and then Glenn can talk about why he picked them first. All right. So, I mean, I think my knock on L.A., I mean, it's uh, – and again, unless he's made some changes that uh, that I'm not aware of, I mean, he's he's going with a four man rotation, uh, and obviously the, the the one two is a is a very potent punch with um, Durker and Peterson. You mentioned Peterson. Peterson is uh, 35, and and this just yep. reminded me why uh, another reason I picked uh, uh, St. Louis ahead of L.A. and San Francisco is is. Both LA and San Francisco are heavily reliant on like ace pitchers in their mid thirties, right? So that's yep. that's yep. a fundamental uh, risk. There is that Jenkins is thirty four, uh, Peterson's thirty five. So there is a chance that those guys start to decline, um, and that could have that could have a big effect 
uh, on their overall uh, pitching performance. Yep. Yeah. Sorry I, to bust that Monty. No, no, no. And you know, I also think that uh, he's got to obviously because of that four man rotation, he has something of an unconventional bullpen. But there, uh, to me, there's nobody in that bullpen that stands out. It's a lot of like six, six, sevens, five, seven, six. You know that kind of stuff. Whereas if if anybody in that starting rotation has a crap day and you got to go to that bullpen, I, you know, I think that bullpen way maybe maybe not going to get eaten alive. I, I don't know that they're going to like really, you know, going to be the uh, going to be the uh, Dutchman who uh, who puts his finger in the dike and stops it from uh, from breaking. I think um, so. This is I just uh, the the that, those two things combined the sort of like real sort of question marks about doing a four-man rotation and the guys that are there at three and four and then potentially having to rely heavily on that bullpen, I, I don't know, man. Um, I, I have some real some real questions about that. Yeah, so my, my thoughts on L.A., uh, again, I think um, – well, first of all, I'm not putting too much weight into these opening day uh, setups because obviously those can change pretty quickly and then you've got – you know, it's a very long season. So uh, L.A. was the third-ranked – pitching team last year I don't know that they can maintain that this year but I do think their offense is probably better than they, they were 12th last year which seems really low for a team that's got Winfield and uh, Singleton uh, I got I have some thoughts on that can, so, I, can I pop in yeah, there real quick? yeah yeah you go you go Lance well yeah. I think you know I think this is a class to me this is a little bit of a classic case of not building your lineup for your ballpark he has uh, in Los Angeles, what is arguably the most pitcher-friendly ballpark in the in the in the entire UL? I yeah. mean, just suppresses home runs, suppresses doubles, suppresses triples. I mean, really is a pitcher-friendly ballpark, and yet his lineup is loaded with guys who are trying to hit the ball in the cheap seats. And I, I just don't. I think you need a little more guys, I mean, a little more diversity through the lineup with guys. Who are gonna knock it in, knock it in the alley, or gonna hit for average, hitting like real high contact guys, and and so unless so like guys trying to trying to, to hit hit dingers, and uh, I think that again as, as Glenn says, if you're gonna spend half of your games in a particular ballpark, you got to take advantage of what that ballpark is. And I think that this team might do well for itself to try to make the lineup a little bit more about contact and speed and a little less about trying to uh, hit the hero, hit the hero home run. Definitely. What's interesting about this division is the top three teams last year, San Francisco, Seattle, and LA. I think all three of those arguably are, are, they did not improve. Uh, I won't, I don't want to say they necessarily downgraded, but none of those top three really improved much. So I think that that makes this uh, a more competitive division. Um, the the question is, of course, like, is it is it still going to be the the junior the junior division of the two, or or uh, or, or will we see uh, the the league kind of the east west balance kind of even out a little bit? Um, and actually, that's a good I have thoughts on that. But can yeah. I hit LA first, though? Can I hit LA? So one thing I yeah, want to yeah. ask is, he, he did lose something. He lost Pedro Borbone, who was again yes. ratings wise a phenomenal reliever. Performance-wise, maybe not. What did he get for Borbone? Uh, I think it was a free agent, actually, wasn't it? No, no, you traded. You traded for Borbone, bro. Oh yeah, I did. Let's see. But I don't know what it was because I don't see any different guys here. Uh, you got Larry Christensen. Uh, Larry Christensen and a third-round draft pick. I see. I see. So it's a draft pick. Oh, Christensen, so he could start. Christensen, yeah, this guy could be a fifth starter someday. So one thing I want – so, again, so just like Clemens in Seattle where it's like he's clearly doing it his way. He's It's all about contact at the plate and strikeouts. This guy, Vegas has got his own thing he's doing, right? And it's that, it's that like he wants to have a two walks and a dong approach, right? Like every single guy here is, or not every single guy, half the guys are like five contact, seven power, eight eye, right? So they add to 20. So by my rubric, he has the highest rated team in the entire league. But that doesn't account for ratings mix, right? And and I'm not the biggest fan of low contact guys, right? So that's why, so even though I am putting him first because, um, again, the pitching to me is so good, 
I guess what happened is after doing that pitching and hitting thing, you guys convinced me that pitching wins in the regular season. So, and I look at his pitching, his starting pitching, and I therefore put him one. I think that's actually what happened here. Mm. But, oh, and again, back to the draft thing, the Lou Whitaker pick. I love the Lou Whitaker pick, but I also hate the Lou Whitaker pick, you know, like I'm this close to winning the world series draft a banister there and put that guy in your rotation. And now you've got the, a great fifth starter, you know? Mm-hmm. And someone who could replace Fritz when he breaks down, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so anyway, so I don't know. There's a lot of things to like here. Again, I put him one. I have him with the best outfield because, I, you know, the Winfield-Singleton combination, that's the best corner outfield combo. San Francisco I like better because they have Foster in center, and this guy's center fielder. You know, again, it has like four contact, which, I, you know, we've had this argument before. I think that makes him almost unplayable. So. And his defense isn't great. So also, even though he plays in extreme pitchers park, his defense isn't good. And as Lance said, he doesn't hit for average and all of his guys are trying to hit jacks and that doesn't work. So, so, so I do see, I could poke holes in the argument, but again, I, there's just enough here and enough parts here that I think, you know, I, I would put them at the top of a fairly even division, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So that wraps up. Uh, let's just to recap our, consensus picks we had atlanta seven seattle sixth uh st louis fifth denver fourth chicago third san francisco second and la first now i'm comparing it with the bnn ratings so mostly similar they have la number one uh they bnn actually has chicago two we had them three uh denver's four and same as us uh Seattle six, Atlanta seven. So the ones, the big differences is we had St. Louis fifth, BNN has St. Louis third, and then we had San Francisco second, BNN has San Francisco fifth. Now, what's interesting about this is I'm looking, you're looking at the wins here. So remember, I said LA, what the, LA was what 500, but they came in third last year. If you look at the BNN forecast, they've got Seattle sixth place at 78 and 78. So you're talking about yeah. Atlanta, the only team under 500 in the West. Um, so the BN of the computer thinks there's the shift has happened that uh, you've got uh, five 80 win teams in the West and only three in the East. So this is a good uh, segue to our discussion of uh, wildcard teams and then, and then on into the playoffs. So what do you guys think? So if our consensus pick is, I think we had Manhattan winning the East, LA winning the West. So, who who shakes out as the wild card teams? Uh, Glenn, why don't you go first? Um, so I I know I, I didn't break it down that way. I mean, I just looked at it again. My the top four by ratings are LA, San Francisco, Manhattan, Washington. That's the top four by ratings. Okay, so you're saying Washington? Uh, well, actually, based on what you said earlier about man. Man, Washington, Manhattan, Washington, yep. SFLA, both yep. like, um, virtually tied at the top. So you would say Washington and SF as a wild card. I think uh, so. I mean, again, if I, yeah, exactly. So like, who's your third place guy that's going to break in there? I, I see that the, yeah. to me, the, there's tiers at the top. And so I guess I would just make it one, two, one, two. I mean, that's yeah. not and, creative, yeah. but that's what I got. And Lance, what about you? Well, I mean, if I'm going to follow the one, two, one, two, which is like the way I would do it, <clears throat> I have the wild card would be, uh, Chicago and Washington, and mm-hmm. uh, the division winners would be Manhattan and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So I had, I guess, my only uh, my, my my ballot, I guess, was the most off from the consensus, and that I had both St. Louis and Brooklyn uh, in potential playoff spots. But I would not be surprised. I do think it's possible we see three West teams in the playoffs this year, particularly if you've got. Some of those those East teams, Manhattan, Washington, Brooklyn, just beating up on each other, um, and uh, and and maybe it is a balanced schedule though, so that doesn't really uh, come come into things. But um, I, I could see three teams from the West possibly uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, although I have to say I did pick Brooklyn and uh, I had Manhattan and St. Louis winning divisions, and Brooklyn and L.A. as the wild card. So, um, shall we get into a World Series picks? Or have you guys thought that far ahead? I haven't. I mean, it's, yeah. But, I mean, based on my calculus, you, it has to be Manhattan because they're mm-hmm. the most hitting team. Like, basically, I, 
I listened to what you said, and I gave you LASF and Washington, mm-hmm. three of the four best pitching teams in the league regular season to the playoffs. Manhattan is the hideous team of that right. group, so therefore they have to win. So Man- Man- to what I said. Manhattan and LA in the World Series? That That's how my calculus would break down, yeah. Yeah, and then Lancey, it looks like you would have... Uh, but that just seems lame to say the two, you know, like they're going to be the two best records in it. But, I mean, that is how my math works, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's not the first year that those two have been picked. I think uh, L.A. has been I, – I think we've picked L.A. to f- win the division a number of times, and they just – Dude, I pick it, L.A. every year. Dude. Every year. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually I'm going to be right. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. so, so, Lance, looking at yours, you have Manhattan and San Francisco as, as the pennant winners. So if you see them – I, I I don't know. It's, it, this is where we get into that whole playoff discussion, right? Like the the, the team that went, has the best overall record almost never wins the World Series. So maybe we should be thinking about who's the, you know, the third or fourth best team that could that could sneak in here. Well, that's definitely not how I did it. I mean, I, I had Manhattan and San Francisco, and then Manhattan. But if you want to look at it that way, uh, it, in mind the way that I've broken it down, that 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 certainly bodes well for Chicago. Mm-hmm. But who the hell knows? Yeah, and I could see uh, it based on our discussion last time about about the mashing teams doing well. If if Brooklyn does in fact squeak into the playoffs again, that maybe they Brooklyn uh, they become the mashing team that just plows through all the pitching teams. Uh, but I've I've picked Manhattan to win it all as well. Um, again, it's kind of hard to pick a team to be best overall and then and then not win the World Series, even though. That seems to be the thing that happens year after year. Um, Are we saying Manhattan's the best overall record? I mean, we're saying Manhattan is the best organization. We're saying they're the best lineup, right? We're not necessarily saying they're going to have the best record. If you, again, pitching-wise, L.A. or SF or Chicago or Washington should all finish ahead of him on record based on your – or again, yeah, based I, on got, your pitching analysis, right? Uh, no, I have Manhattan head and shoulders not only above the East. I think head and shoulders above the league, in my own in my own judgment. Um, and and then and then basically, if we're going to break down, uh, the you know then the next five teams after that, right? So um, I mean that's fine. Well, that's true though too. You can just be the best team. Period. And like I said, the guy has built a, I mean, I think I started out by saying I think the dude built a dynasty. So who am I to argue, actually? So, all right, Manhattan, best record. Manhattan wins World Series. Yeah, stop <laughs> arguing with yourself. Yeah, I mean, what yeah. The, who the hell am I? Yeah, okay, sounds good. All right, so let's do Let's move into our one final segment here. I The way I was going to do this was the Willie Mays Award for the best overall defensive player. And again, this is awarded to the player with the most, uh, with the highest zone rating, which is fielding runs. So that that's going to heavily favor, uh, Traditionally, it's been center fielders and shortstops who end up, uh, which makes sense since those are the, the most important defensive positions. So um, we'll start with the Willie Mays Award and Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, and MVP. So, um, Glenn, do you want to go first? On uh, Do you have a pick for – have you guys thought about the Willie Mays Award, the defensive dude, award? I, I 100%, dude. I'm Burleson yeah. in Denver with guys with yeah. three and four stuff. That is nailed on, dude. Got it. Okay, uh, Lance. Well – <laughs> Um, I didn't know, actually didn't know what the hell the Willie Mays Award was until you just explained it. But uh, but uh, you know I'm I'm just I'll just go I'll I'll uh, I'll go uh, home down Bozo and just go with Robin Yount. Nine oh, shooting, awesome. Nine shortstop, well, nine on all his defensive ratings. Uh, again, with a lot of ground ball pitchers uh, pitching in front of him. So I'll talk to the marketing department tomorrow about uh, getting the word out on the Willie Mays Award. Well, you got to remember, like uh, you know, I took a break, you know, from uh, last yeah, yeah, season. Yeah. I don't That's know what right. the hell is going on. Yeah, so I, I went with uh, I went with Burleson as well. I think uh, one thing that Denver has changed in their pitching is they've gone even more. They've doubled down on the ground ball uh, on the ground ball um, pitchers. So I think you're going to see a lot of ground balls to Burleson. Although um, Mickey Rivers, Denver's center fielder, uh, was the defensive player of the league the last two years. I think it's Burleson's t- Burleson's uh, turn. Um, rookie of the year, Lance. Who do you, who do you have for rookie of the year? Uh, rookie of the year, I think, is going to be Mitchell Page. Okay. Although I think Andy Murray has has a has a serious has a serious chance of uh, also winning rookie of the year. So I think it's yeah, a, give me, a yeah. coin toss. Yeah. Hey, Glenn? yeah, give me Murray. Give me Murray. 
It's like it's the uh, effects, dude. I'm going to go with Steve Henderson. I think Steve Henderson in Boston is going to be the rookie of the year. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm, I hope you're right. Uh, hold on. I'm changing my vote to Jim Norris. Jim Norris. There dude. You go. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? Obvious, dude. He's yeah. the swoop of the draft, dude. Yeah, there you go. And the only reason I did that, again, is because very rarely do we see the, the top guy, the top one or two picks actually win rookie of the year. Usually it's some... Yep. I'm trying to figure out, okay, who's the... Who's the next really good guy, kind of under the radar, who's going to probably get a lot of at bats or innings yep. pitched? Jim and Norris. That's why, that's why I picked Henderson. Jim Norris. Yeah, definitely Jim Norris. Okay, uh, Cy Young. I have two names here. Rick Russell. I think it's Russell's year to win the Cy Young in Cleveland. I think Matlack is uh, he's my sleeper guy. Is a guy who might uh, sneak in there. So, Cy Young, Lance. Uh, I also have Big Daddy Rick Russell and winning the side. Really? Yep. All right. Yep. Okay. Glenn? Yeah. I mean, really? I was trying to come up with something else, but I mean, that that's what I... What about... Yeah, he, he's the best pitcher by rating, and he's playing behind the best defense by rating in a pitcher's park. So Okay, well, let's back up a second, though, because uh, there's this guy named Larry Durker who won, I believe he won the Triple Crown last season. Right, yeah, so, so he's twenty-five, two-one. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, we're yeah. saying there's a guy who won the triple crown, and he's not going to win the Cy Young this year. Well, he's my—I'll call him my sleeper. How about that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, you okay there? You're losing the line. Calm down. I gotta get my asthma inhaler. Hang on. Yeah. What about uh, Vita Blue? That guy could sneak in there, right? Don Wilson, one of those Washington guys. No, All I right. think Matlack has a better chance, bro. Then who? Then Vita Blue or Don oh, Wilson. Yeah. I mean, those guys are awesome. I love Don yeah. Wilson. It's awesome. But but again, oh, actually, though, no, they do play in the pitcher's park, right? But yeah. but his defense isn't as good. Um, Wilson's coming back from an injury. So you don't, is that going to take like any kind of transitional period there? So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think know. just pick. Go, go ahead. Uh, yeah, as I say, Blyla, I think Blylov has got a shot too, you know, if, if – uh... He's you know sixteen win two two point eight ERA. He's pretty solid. Um, he's good, but my defense is horrible, and my park yeah. is like neutral slash hitterish. So right, I, right. I would say nah. Just yeah. Russell seems the safe bet to me. I think so too. Okay, and finally MVP. Uh, so I have three names here. I have my real pick and then my two sleepers. But uh, why don't Lance you go first for MVP? Um, uh, let me go with Craig Robinson. Oh, okay. That's it. That's. That's a pretty solid pick. Yeah, that's kind of hard to argue with that. Uh, Glenn? That does feel boring, but I think we're if we're back to that, you guys convinced me that best team, best record, wins World Series, then you have to take the best player from that team, and it is Craig Robb. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go with uh, – I went with Joe Torre here. I think Joe Torre, even though he's like 35 or 36 or whatever, I think he's got one more super solid year left in him. Um, so, again, I think that's a bit of a – Craig Robinson. I think that safe money's on Robinson, but uh, again, if I'm if I'm looking for like who's the second or third guy, like if like Craig Robinson has an off year, or, you know, breaks his elbow or something. I'm not saying that he will break his elbow. I'm just saying if he were to break his elbow, that uh, that Joe Joe Torre could. Ru- Russia, are you listening? If Craig Robinson <laughs> breaks his elbow, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I was going to say my sleeper picks for MVP. Um, I, I, there's a couple of 24-year-olds who are probably on the verge, probably won't win the MVP this year, but they could as early as next year. And those are Dave Winfield uh, in L.A. I think he's L.A., right? Yep. Uh, and uh, and Freddie and Freddie Lynn in Boston. I think that guy is. Oh, uh, that's a good shout. Uh, MVP. Sorry, Brooklyn. Fred Lynn, Brooklyn. Yeah, um, sorry, that's what I meant. Definitely, uh, I think he's could be in could be in the race, but again, probably not this year. But there's a couple of young guys to look out for who could definitely be in in the in the running. I was going to give you Winfield and Jim Rice again, the San Francisco LA pairing. They're so close there. Jim Rice for MVP? Yeah, from San Francisco. Yeah, mm. he's a uh, 22 rated. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I think that pretty much wraps us up. Actually, quite extensive, more extensive uh, discussions than I had anticipated. But um, uh, I think we're pretty much, I think everyone's excited to get this thing going. It's been five years since we've actually had uh, hit the button on an actual sim. So um, 
Any parting thoughts, you guys? Do we know when opening day is? Uh, Thursday night. Thursday night. Okay, cool. Yeah, dude. I'm. I mean, bro. I'm fired up. What? How about you, Lindsay? Uh, all I have to say is uh, Jim Norris, rookie of the year. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna change my vote to Jim Norris as well, dude. I'm gonna change my vote to Chuck Norris, dude. He might be in the game in 1977. <laughs> okay, so that wraps up episode four of the Circuit Thoughts podcast. Until next time, here's to fake baseball. <laughs> <laughs>